in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? AEG is going to make people show proof of vaccination to attend their concerts this year. Now, the interesting part about that is that AEG owns over 40% of T-Mobile Arena. AEG is the operator of Allegiant Stadium. So they're obviously tied into what would be Golden Knights home games and Raiders home games. Uh, but Colton Mock had reported yesterday that AEG said this is not going to apply to sporting events at T-Mobile Arena or Allegiant Stadium. Now, on this same idea, the Saints, they are going to require either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to attend home games in New Orleans this year. So should the Raiders and the Golden Knights, or whether it's an AEG call, whoever it is, should there be some form of, hey, you have to prove you're vaccinated or have a negative COVID test to come watch these games? Uh, You know which side I'm on in this, absolutely. I would make everyone show me you're vaccinated. I put a mask on everyone. Now that's the side I'm on. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would say let's show you, let's, let's show me if you're vaccinated. Show me the card. Yeah, I'd be, a, I'd I'm be sorry. on board with the two. I'm sorry. I, I just, I. We're on the same side on this, yeah. Jared. We're all on the same side on this. So there's not going to be a disagreement in the room on terms of vaccinating, getting vaccinated, or proving it. So I went to the Astros Dodgers game. Their mask policy. This Dodger Stadium. Yeah, Dodger Stadium was if you were in the concourse or like in a team shop or there's a restaurant at Dodger Stadium, you had to have your mask on unless you were actively eating. But in your seat, you eating did not have to wear a mask. At all. Not at all. Okay. Because they were they were like, well, it's outdoors. How much do you think that you saw in those other places people had their masks on? Were they enforcing it? 5% had them on yeah that's all you need to know was, they're not enforcing it then same at allegiant stadium too zero well, enforcement at, at the gold cup final. yeah and now when i went to the concert there i think it was before the updated mandate yeah. so there i mean there wasn't anyone there with right. masks um that adam and i were talking about this yesterday like i'm kind of looking forward to saturday night for that reason yeah. i i mean we can't mingle we have to say we're at but we have binoculars i want to see like how many people you really see wearing masks and and how string you know how strictly will it be enforced yeah at the gold cup final you had to have it on to get through security but once and that was it once in i not a single person there said hey put put a mask on to anybody and it was 10% of the people. And I imagine masks. that's going to be Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, there were there were more American fans at the Gold Cup final than there were masks. So, yeah. Wow. So, I'm I, fascinated to see the, the enforcement of it because people are going to say no. People are going to not sure. put their mask on. I mean, they'll go in with it on because I don't think you can get in right yeah. Saturday and night. Then, you can't get in with it. And then they it. take it off. Like, yeah. are you going to kick people out? Like, because that's what you have to do. Yeah. If you're going to actually enforce right. it, people are not going to wear it. You have to kick them out if you're going to enforce it. And I don't know that anybody's going to do that at a sporting event. I don't care about your next question. Four Arizona Cardinals were placed on the COVID list. James Conner, who they just signed, plus three other players. 
So they are going to miss the Cardinals first preseason game. And the interesting detail here is they are all on the COVID list because they were a close contact to somebody else that tested positive, which means those four players are unvaccinated because if you are vaccinated, you don't, go there on. is no close contact right. list. You're fine. If you come in contact and you're vaccinated with somebody who has it, you don't go on this list. So this is it's preseason, but this is the first instance that we're seeing of a player who is not vaccinated missing a game, quote unquote, hurting their team mm -hmm. because they're not vaccinated. I'm curious to see again, it's preseason, so it doesn't matter, but this is, I, I wonder if it all through the preseason, if we have more players miss games, if that encourages some of the guys like a James Conner or something to say, hey, well, I had to miss a preseason game. I don't want this to happen when the games matter. Give me the shot. At one point, the Cardinals and during camp had nine players on the list. So they're struggling convincing guys, yeah. obviously, are, to get this. Are they the team? What? The lowest team is at 73%, I that think? That might be them. Yeah. I mean, is there nine players at once on the list, yeah. given how many people are on your roster? It, I would think they're the leaders in the clubhouse for being the lowest team. If you're on the COVID list and you're uh, like, obviously, I assume Connors isn't going to get cut because they just signed him. But like, you're one of those guys that's a fringe player and you like need like you need this preseason game. Like how, how much did you just screw up your own yeah. career? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I mean, if it's even and I don't know if any of these things are ever really even. Hey, if it's 50 50, we'll take this guy. But if it's even close to being even, you'll I, to me, you'll absolutely see them take Vax guys over unvax when they start making cuts. Yeah. I mean, it's 83 next week, then the last cut is a week later. There's got to be guys who are going to be cut for this who are not maybe the starters. Like, I agree with you on James Conner. I don't think they've cut him. But there are going to be guys, like, fighting for that special teams uh, spot where if I'm a coach and it's close at all against the other guy, I'm taking the guy who's vaccinated. Yeah, he's, he's got a better chance he's to play every single game. He's going to show up yeah. and he's got a better chance of not infecting people. He's not selfish. Next question. Tyreek Hill and Usain Bolt might race. So Usain Bolt has challenged Tyreek Hill to a 70-meter race. And Usain Bolt has put like a bet on this where he would put up a gold medal and Tyreek Hill would put up a Super Bowl ring. Whoever wins the race gets both of them. Would you do it? If I was who? Tyreek Hill. No. no. You lose over 70. That's why I, I heard yeah, on the shows Dan Patrick was saying, obviously, he, he did. Tyreek Hill, he couldn't beat him in 100. There's no chance. 40 was the time. Why? Because that's what NFL players uh, use. They're, you know, they're very fast on the start. They get to 40 yards, but... And I think Usain Bolt would be too. But if you've watched, you know, anything Usain Bolt did, it was always, you know, obviously he starts fast, but then when he gets a steam going, he gets a certain level, then he just runs past people. So I think at 70, though, it's still enough to where I wouldn't do it. I, he's not going to beat him at 70. I don't know. I, I assume he's still, still, still that fast. Well, he's 34. When I saw that, when I saw you put this in the rundown, the first thing I asked was if you were going to ask me about it, I was say, well, what kind of shapes Usain Bolt in? I don't know. But, you know, he's still. I. Usain Bolt right now would beat him in the 100. Unless Usain Bolt just hasn't done anything. <laughs> Which, again, I don't think that's the case. I don't think he's like sat around completely and done nothing uh, since his last Olympics. I, I don't know if I would do it if I was Tiger Hill. I put it this way. If Usain Bolt, like, if they said, we're going to do this in two months and he has time to train, there's no way I'd, I, I'd put my Super Bowl ring up at 70 meters. The main reason I wouldn't do it if I was Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has one Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Usain Bolt has multiple yes, gold exactly. medals. Like Usain Bolt, yeah, you might miss a one yeah. gold medal, but he's got 76 yeah. more he can go look at. Whereas Tyreek Hill, if he loses a Super Bowl ring, he doesn't have another well, one. Well, and it's also, again, I assume Tyreek Hill, give me the information on how much track he's run. 
He uh, ran it in high school, did he? Didn't okay, he? okay. Maybe college. So this was the whole he thing raced about... a cheetah at one point, didn't he? <laughs> this was the whole thing about uh, DK Metcalf uh, a while back, you know, with the sprinters, and the sprinters kind of like looking and kind of giving the sideways laughs like, dude, this is a different world now. You're in our world now, and technically and everything about sprinters, they kind of laughed at him. So I just don't think he'd beat Usain Bolt. Yeah, he was a USA Today All-American track and field selection in high school and then ran track at uh, Garden City Community College in Oklahoma State before he But got that it. might be like every NFL player who's ever existed. Yeah, that's true. Like Richie Incognito was an all-state shot putter <laughs> for, you know, some high school. So <laughs> and you told me like Dublin College, and I'm like, oh, okay. But he did. if his he, last experience was high school, he yeah, has he ran no at, chance. He ran at Oklahoma State before he got. Uh, so he's been around the track. Okay, right. he's been around the sport. Okay. Because right. some are just football players say, I can do that because I'm fast. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. I don't see any times from him, so I don't know if he was any good at Oklahoma okay. State. But he was on the track team. He All got right. he got dismissed from it, so he was on it at some point. <laughs> Great guy. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. UEFA could impose a salary cap on European soccer teams. So... As it stands now, there's no real limit to spending. There is a, a FIFA fair play, which is like you got to show a balanced budget over the course of every three years, but they can kind of get around that. But this salary cap would basically be how they do it in Major League Baseball, where you could go over it, but you'd have to pay a luxury tax. Then would get split up amongst all the other teams you're playing against. The one problem with it, though, is that each team's salary cap would be different because it would be dependent on each team's own revenue. You could only spend a certain percentage of your revenue. So this would mean the more revenue you generate, the more you get to spend on your players, which in turn does nothing of what a, sa a salary cap is supposed to level the playing field because everybody can spend the same amount. This would not do that. I mean, is this the rich getting richer again? Is that what you're saying? Is this? I mean, it's not them getting richer. It's just... Hey, and being able to let's put a salary cap in, yeah. and it doesn't and it doesn't, it doesn't anything. change anything. The only thing it does is it prevents or they're attempting here to prevent super rich guys buying a team and just losing money on it because they're just, well, I'm just going to go buy all the best players. Yeah. And if one of them's a bum, whatever, I'll just go buy another one. That's what they're trying to prevent. Owners from of the Yankees here. and Dodgers are now going to own these soccer teams. Right. That's what they're trying <laughs> to prevent from happening. But it's probably not going to actually change anything. I keep hearing whenever I hear like a lot more recess is a lot more to spend. I immediately think of Desiree Reed Francois. <laughs> she has so much more resources and money to spend now. Did you see the uh, private jet uh, arrival? Yeah. They didn't have that here. Yeah. Boy, boy, I tell you what these these these, these, po these power five <laughs> these power five schools come in and Beard's got two planes. She's got a plane. These power five schools have no problems just sending jets and saying, "No, nah, we're gonna take you out." I of this. know that's that's why UNLV keeps losing everybody because they show up in a private plane. I was okay. One thing I was more impressed with her than arriving to Missouri and Columbia in a private plane, but obviously you knew she would. It's SEC. She's not, not gonna fly commercially. You're a fifty two on it on Southwest. But <laughs> I was more impressed with. I think it was announced she took the job. Well, it was announced the same days as the Raiders practice because I had to write it. So whenever that was, Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> but. The next day, I believe she's on a plane. She already had the yellow uh, dress shirt. Oh, of course. How do you get that that fast, though? 
ready to go. I mean, I think you, if you're an AD, you have two lists in your desk, basketball and football coaches, and just a wardrobe of every colored yes. shirt. I'm yeah. serious. Ready He's laughing. Go. No, Like absolutely. at home, if you went into her closet, say, there's like thousands of shirts yeah. here. Well, it depends on where I'm going to get the AD job. Yeah, I'm trying to think where where she had worked. UCLA. At, well, she would add UCLA stuff because she was she went there. And then Tennessee, Virginia Tech. Or Virginia both, Tech's what, what, like a maroon? Um, burnt orange? Yeah. Or, yeah. And so, I mean, she's can have a diverse wardrobe in their past stuff, man. just ready to go. Gave her credit, man. I looked on, the, I looked on that flick, uh, film, like, man, she already got the yellow. You I know, mean, the, the black pantsuit you can have, but you, you match with the yellow shirt. Good for her. I know this might be news to you, but you can go in person <laughs> and buy clothes at a store the same day. You don't have <laughs> to just buy Amazon, them on Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. I'm just saying I was very impressed that she came up with the yellow shirt that fast. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Todd Simon received a contract extension from Southern Utah. This is going to run through the 2026-2027 season. Here's a hot take question for you. Oh, I knew this was coming. Would UNLV be better off today if they had kept Todd Simon after firing Dave Rice? So, full disclosure, I didn't think they should do that at the time. I am not going to discount your suggestion. I think you agree with this that they would be. They would be better off right now today. Based That's what on, I'm saying. Based on everything. At the time, that has I happened. didn't think they should do it. And if you, but if you go back in time, I don't think they should have either because of two reasons. Like Tina Kunzer Murphy almost hired Mick Cronin, who's legitimately one yes. of the best coaches in yes. college basketball, and she did hire Chris Beard, right? Who is right. awesome at this. Like you would take those two coaches over Todd Simon every single time, Me. and UNLV basically landed both in the same offseason. I mean, wouldn't you basically take those two over everyone but one coach the school's yeah. ever had? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So even though like they'd be they'd probably be in a better spot right now if they had hired Todd Simon, I still don't blame Tina Kunzer Murphy because again, it was Mick Cronin and Chris Beard who you would take over no. just about anybody in the country. I again go back. I, I I don't think she should have kept them. I agreed with that move. Yeah. And you couldn't control that you know, look, Cronin, it was a personal thing with his daughter. I mean, he can't do that. We know the three planes, four planes, hello, at the at the airport with Beard. I mean, those were things completely out of her control. But she hired good people, and uh, it didn't work out for them. But, no, I, it's tough because, yeah, if Todd Simon had been well, – let me ask you this. Do you, ha- do you now have enough faith in Todd Simon for what he's done at Southern Utah? I think he's done a nice job. I mean, you know, it's not the easiest place to recruit, I'm sure. It's a smaller level D1. Would he still be the coach here? That is a good question. I don't uh, know. He might not be because if he because like he turned Southern Utah around from like a three or four. Oh, I'm program. saying would he still? You're saying he might still be the coach there because of how well he would have done. Yeah, I'm like no, could he have lasted? This oh long? yeah, I'm saying like from the turnaround he's had at Southern Utah, like there's a legitimate chance they could have been in the NCAA tournament within two or three years under well, Todd Job. Probably. I mean, yeah, and and then he's might be gone at that right. point to a better job. So he might, yeah, he might not be here. They might be in the same situation they are in right now with Kevin Kruger starting his first year because Todd Simon left to take the Iowa State job instead of TJ Altsberger. <laughs> might have happened. You never know. All right. Rolling Stones, they're coming to Allegiant Stadium. The No Filter Tour is making a stop on Saturday, November 6th. Tickets are on sale now at rollingstones.com, but we will have multiple ways for you to win these tickets. So make sure you keep listening for details to win tickets to go see the Rolling Stones on November 6th at Allegiant Stadium. Robin, it was a pretty exciting three-on-three, and then it goes to the shootout. I'm curious kind of what you think about the shootout in general, whether that you kind of like the format or if you think that there should be more extended three-on-three or basically how overtime would go if you have the choice. You think I like the shootout? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. 
Robin, thanks for the time. Thank you. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Can, can we, are we going to discuss what happened during the break at all? No. Not at all. Okay. No. Uh, what the hell, man? <laughs> Ed, you want to see me do something that's going to make Jared uh, a little upset? Yeah, sure. We're not going to talk about the Golden Knights here. Um, I know that was it in the That's rundown. on the rundown. Yeah, that's that was why, the rejoin. Yeah, that's why Jared played the rejoin. That's why it's going to make him upset here. But Because I, I wanted to ask you this. We didn't get to this in the Field of Dreams uh, earlier in the show. Did you see Guy Fieri's apple pie hot dog? Saw, oh, I yeah, thought we were saving it. this for 945. But I got a present for uh, for Ed. No, oh, no okay. I, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Would you eat it? So, so before yeah. you answer, to explain to people at home, Guy Fieri showed how he made it. You take like a little pie crust sheet, whatever the hell you call those things, and then there is crumbled bacon on it. There is apple pie filler. You put the hot dog on it, right. and then you put another pie cr- uh, crust sheet over it. it, and you bake it, and he sprinkled like some sugar or something else on top, and then there's mustard to dip oh. it in or mustard to put it on top. Would you eat an apple pie hot dog? If it didn't have the bacon bits. That's <laughs> what? Because that uh, reminds well. me. Of the one thing I will never eat again, which is the Cobb salad. Oh. <laughs> so, I do not do bacon bits, man. I can't go near them. But will you eat bacon? Yes. Okay. Yes, you yes. just won't the eat it. The bits reminds me of the time. If it's the hot dog baked in an apple pie crust with like the apple, I wouldn't like to do mustard or anything. I, I think with the apple filling, you can pass on the ketchup or mustard. I mean, why why do you put that? I don't know. But if it's just the hot dog baked inside the crust with like the apple filling, I would eat it. Yeah, I would too. I am strangely fascinated that I want to eat this because I love hot dogs and apple pies. Yeah, I would eat it. I don't know that I love them together, but I'm absolutely down to try. I don't know why you need the bacon. I'm serious. What? what? Uh, it's just bacon. Uh, it's, it's Guy yeah, Fieri. You, if yeah, also it's bacon. You are the. <laughs> this is a food stuff that has been banned by two major religions. <laughs> That's no, how good I it is. Bacon. I, that I would imagine this a is bacon. A group bits. of people ate it and went, this must be the work of the devil. I mean, it's that good. I assumed he was talking about bacon bits. He's not wrapping the bacon in the hot dog. And no. Stuff. I don't think he's doing that. Have you ever had one of those? There's a restaurant here called Dirt Dog. And you can, they, they, they sell. Hot dogs wrapped in bacon? They sell, they, well, there's a hot dog wrapped in bacon, and then there is just stuff on top of it. They've got, like, seven different kinds. You can get, like, a fried egg on top of it. One comes with French fries on top of it. One's got, like, the red and green enchilada sauce and a whole bunch of stuff yeah. on it. But all their hot dogs are wrapped in bacon. See, I love apple pie. I'm fine with hot dogs. I don't probably – we eat hot dogs. Uh, but the bacon bits, I just couldn't. And I don't know what the sugar's about. Like, if you just said hot dog and apple pie, I would eat it for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. The I sugar... would dip it in mustard. Okay. Here's the That's interesting weird. part. Here's the interesting part about the sugar <laughs> thing. Delicious. Have you ever had a Korean hot dog, which is a corn dog, but it's their Korean hot dogs? Have I had a corn dog? No, no, no. The, so okay. <laughs> like, so, I've had a lot of corn dogs. So a Korean hot dog, which is a corn dog, is they take the batter. They make a corn dog like you would sort of normally see it. I, the batter's a little bit different, I would assume. Okay. But then at the end. They sprinkle sugar on it. So it's uh, like a corn dog, but now there's sugar on it. And then you can also get honey mustard or mustard or whatever on no. it. It is unbelievably good. I would have never thought, ooh, sugar on a corn dog. That sounds like something that fits. Doesn't sound like it fits at all. Unbelievably good. Do you put ketchup on it? You could if you wanted to. I mean, so there's Because uh, I do I do put ketchup like on corn dogs I have. 
Yeah, but there, so there's a place in it's on Spring Mountain. I can't remember the name of it, but the, it's a Korean hot dog place, and they sell these. And yeah, you get sugar on it. And then they have like six different sauces you can get on it. And one of them's it, they don't have just ketchup. It's like stuff that's mixed together. Right, it's right, fancier. Right. If any of them are listening, the first bite is available yes, for sponsorship. Yes. Uh, Crunchies, <laughs> I think, is the name of it. Uh, but you can also get not just at this place can you get like a standard looking corn dog. You can also just get cheese. That's then deep fried like it's a corn dog instead of a hot dog. You can get a hot dog plus cheese mixed together. And you can also get, instead of your normal like breading of a corn dog, potato around your your dog. This sounds like way too many years when I had to, for the softball league, my wife and I had to run the snack bar and we bought Costco out of their corn dogs. <laughs> and it was just, uh, and God love them. I love all the people. That's fine. But between that and the huge tubs of bad cheese that you had to put in the warmer for the pretzels. Dude, I mean, look, I promoted it because I was up there running it, but man. You ran the concession stand to the point? I mean, I was one of them. I was like, uh, at one point, president of the league, so, um, or vice president. So, I mean, we had to, you know, you traded off, you did the scheduling and everything, but I, my wife and I did many of the Costco runs, and you just buy the whole place out. I mean, with the red vines and the, and the pretzels and the sauce and stuff. And it's like you see a snack bar and like, I hope no one's a non-trans fat person because <laughs> this entire place is nothing but trans fat. Listen, if you if you have dietary restrictions, oh, don't go to like a little eating league the little league no, concession, yes, sti- it's not concession stand is not no. where you need to be. I no. think most people will have that yeah, figured out exactly. I mean, how do you cook the corn dogs at a little league concession? I mean, stand? you have the microwave and you just. They're frozen. You just oh. microwave them in and okay. hand them the little packets of uh, mustard and ketchup, and on they go, on their way to go. The cheese was the – if you're going to get the cheese, hope that your game's before noon. Because if you're rolling at like 5, and, and it's been a slow day with the pretzels, you look at that cheese, you're like, hey, we still should we still be doing this? Uh, and then, you know, yeah, we had the huge grill, the guy out doing burgers all day. I mean, you made some cash, but – Man, it's, I mean, you know, you go look, it's it's your cheat day. I'll leave it at that. It's your cheat day. Listen, if it's your cheat day, you got to do better than Little League Concession Stand. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're doing better than Little League Concession Stand. This is more of a, oh, crap, I forgot to eat and I'm yes, starving. Like, yes, let's feed some, the kids at 5 p.m. it's a triple elimination game right. or tournament. Exactly. We've been here since 7 a.m. Exactly. Yeah, nightmare that is. Just eat, just eat the pretzel without the cheese. Oh, no cheese? Not that cheese that you're explaining I mean, to yeah, me. Yeah, no. There's, <laughs> there mean, are some really, really good pretzel cheeses that have yeah. like weird mustardy like type flavors to them. Like yeah. this was, shall this I say, from bought a plas- in bulk. This yeah. is from a plastic bag that <laughs> yes. you literally have yes. to run your hand down to make yeah. sure you get all of the. No, extra you're right. We had to run it under hot water. <laughs> How did you know? Right. <laughs> I will just it's be almost like I've worked a concession stand in my it's life. It's almost like you worked this stuff. I will just be uh, eating a pretzel. No uh, cheese, thank you. Coming up next, Jeff Erickson joins the show. Stevenson with a great run to the outside. Still on the go. Go for Come on, Andre Stevenson. Trying to go wire and wire. Second touchdown for the rookie. And Ramondre Stevenson took it 91 yards with his second touchdown run of the evening. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from Rotowire is Jeff Erickson. Jeff, you're on the golf course this morning. This is my favorite time to talk to you in the middle of you playing golf. Yeah, it's a recurring thing because we talk Fridays a lot. 
I'm actually in a bunker on the seventh hole right now, as a matter of fact. So, uh, like, you know, great, great times had by all. Well, like you've got the greatest life, but can it, it becomes even better when we ask, can you come on? It's like only if I'm on the golf course. I'm like, boy, you, you, this guy's got a great life. <laughs> great job. I, I love do. it. Uh, before we get into some fantasy football, did you watch the Field of Dreams last night? Yeah, I did. And, you know, honestly, I thought I, I came in kind of jaded. I thought, okay, they're charging them $1,000 to get in the door plus. You know, they're gonna, it's going to be real cheesy, all corporate. It's actually pretty cool, I have to say. Uh, kept, when Costner walked out there, I was like, oh, okay, this is actually all right. I, I kind of buy in this. I like the field. I like that. You know, it, was, it was a cool experience. I'm, I'm glad they did it. I hope they do it again. Um, I've, I'm a couple weeks away from my first draft, which means I'm completely cheating and, and copying off all your drafts, which is good because I just print them out and bring them, and I do no research. <laughs> uh, I'm, I can't imagine how many drafts you've already done, but is there any kind of theme you're seeing? I'm seeing McCaffrey number one again for a lot of drafts. A lot, Obviously, it goes heavy running backs. Have you been surprised at any kind of uh, – in terms of how people are drafting or how things are going, or do, are they going as, as you expected? Uh-oh. There's a couple things going okay. on. First round is all about the run. Running backs to get through maybe three if you got a, a different type of draft group. But for the most part, everyone wants to get the elite running back early on. Then there's the running back dead zone after that. Um, there's all these people that are worried about getting, you know. So after about running back 15, people are really concerned about full-time playing time, whether or not they're going to get a chance to play, whether or not they're going to get a chance to get, the, you know, everything going on for them there. So then you see the wide receivers counted around three through seven. You still in a bunker, Jeff? Oh, I, I'm, I, can you hear me better now? Yeah. We, lost, we yeah. lost you for a second. There there. We, we heard you say wide receivers through uh, rounds three through seven and then nothing. Okay. Well, that's, uh, actually, that's where I stopped. Oh, okay. 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 There, there, there we go. We're all over. <laughs> we thought you dropped out. Okay. All right, so let me ask you this. We have, we have the Arizona Cardinals. James Conner is going to miss a preseason game because he's on the COVID list. He's not vaccinated because he's a close contact, and vaccinated players would not have to go on the list because of that. Are you at all dropping guys in your draft rankings because if we find out they're not vaccinated because they might miss more playing time than somebody that is vaccinated? Yeah, but I might. The problem is... Information. Usually, we find out about it whether a player is vaccinated or not when something happens. So, unless that that event happens, like with Connor or with Kirk Cousins, then you know we don't really know about uh, you know we it's not like there's a vaccination database. You know, as much as some people might want one, I think that'd be kind of a scary concept. To be <laughs> uh, so, we know like Lamar Jackson isn't. Have you done anything different with Lamar Jackson in your rankings? Uh, I might put him behind like Murray and Dak, but Dak's got his shoulder. I'm way more concerned about some shoulder than I am about whether or not he's vaccinated. You know, that, that's the thing. Now, Lamar actually has caught it, and that's the difference. So maybe that is a bigger deal, but uh, no, I, I, I haven't changed it. But uh, yeah, I, I think it'll just resolve ties, is really what it's going to come down to for me. Has any been? Has anyone shied away? I'm thinking of maybe Saquon or others. It doesn't appear in the one draft I'm seeing. Uh, he went pretty high from people coming off injuries last year. Uh, bigger names. Have you seen any of that where they're kind of like uh, wait and see? Oh, it starts with Barkley. I mean, Barkley is a huge uh, consideration there, whether or not you go with him the first round or not. I'm seeing him go at the back end of the first round now. In draft season, I saw him going like four or five. 
And then people kind of backed off a little bit when they saw he started up the training camp for us. And when he, uh, you know, was going to be slow in practice, not play the first couple of games of the season, I might buy the dip. If he drafts to the end of the first, beginning of the second, I think that might be a fair price for him. Are you at all worried about Darren Waller? Yes, I'm starting to. You know, at least we know it's an ankle now. I mean, it took us eight days to figure out exactly what happened, um, which is kind of annoying. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it was av- some, it was available out there somewhere, but I didn't hear anything for a really long time. And you know, that's the thing about training camp. They're not required to give us full information, so you really have to deal with some issues as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I'll put him behind Kittle now. I'll put him. I, I, I might have been. Kind of, that might be my bias, anyways. I'm gonna take not Kittle, but uh, the wide receivers in that group: AJ Brown, uh, Metcalf, uh, Justin Jefferson. Although he's got his own issue with the shoulder, um, you know, I, I was gonna take those guys ahead of him. I pro- which means more often than not, I'm not getting him unless he goes to like the mid third. Then I'm gonna jump on him. Rookies that you like so far? Hey, everybody's talking about Najee Harris because of the workload he's going to get with the Steelers. Uh, that offensive line kind of scares me, though, so I've, I haven't ended up with him too much. I'm really on Travis Etienne, though. Uh, I, I know Urban Meyer is playing all sorts of games with the depth chart. I think that's going to allow me to get him a little lower, I'm thankful for that because I think he's full of it. I, I Just like the same thing with Trevor Lawrence. There's no way he's not starting. Um, <laughs> it was, was Etienne, yeah, maybe he will be more of the outside back, the but he's not going to be in only on third downs all season long. It may take two games for him to come to grips with it, but eventually he's going to be a guy. and He's the type of guy who could be a first-round pick next year. So I like getting him where he, where he's going. I think that's a pretty fair price for him. So what are you doing with James Robinson, then, if you think ETN's going to take over there? Uh, I'm pushing him farther back. Uh, you know, I, Robinson was great last year. But there's no organizational commitment to him. You know, it's not like he's a pedigree guy. It's not like Urban Meyer's group drafted him for that matter either. So there's no connection. I, and the fact is, he's talking about Carlos Hyde splitting inside carries with Robinson. tells tells me everything that what he thinks of Robinson. That he's fine. Um, he'll, he'll be rosterable in every league. But I, I really don't want him as one of my top two backs. I mean, he wasn't the first one taken, but he had a heck of a uh, season in terms of Justin Jefferson. That whole wide receiver class last year, Lamb, Jefferson, uh, Ruggs here. Is Jefferson the one people are most jumping on in that little class? It was such a huge class. And and talk about Henry Ruggs. Uh, where do you see these uh, Raiders of last year going? Well, Ruggs is like kind of a, a trendy like post-hype sleeper, if you will. Uh, you know, last year, he was receiver drafted, but he just didn't get targeted that much. He has his health issues. My problem with Ruggs is more my problem with the offense as a whole. Uh, it's, you know, Carr doesn't throw the ball deep that frequently. Not enough, at least for my liking. And maybe they don't use him on the rest of the route tree. Now, maybe maybe this year after Aguilar left, I uh, went to New England, maybe they'll give Ruggs more, more targets here too. But I'm hearing more buzz about Brian Edwards than I am for Ruggs, which is kind of concerning. So which Raiders wide receiver would you want to have on your team? Uh, still rugs for the upside. Um, I, I, I think, you know, especially cause the price is pretty decent. Uh, so I, I like for him. Uh, I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, I just, you know, you're going to get him for nothing. You're going to, cause he's not going to be one of your receivers. You know, you got a lot of guys you'll cut in the ninth or 10th round. That's the type of guy you're going to, I want to take a chance on. Are you fading or uh, skeptical about people? Uh, those that people think are automatics are there? Are there guys that right now people think automatics you think might be down, or it might be they're on the turn towards a, a lesser stats than usual? 
Um, yeah, there's a few guys I'm going to try to get away uh, to uh, stay away from. Um, I'm finding myself uh, steering pretty far clear of Chris Carson. I think the offensive line, SNCF, Dwayne Brown, he might come back, but he's going to hold in right now. He's attending meetings uh, <laughs> and any sort of light workouts, but not doing anything with the team. Uh, I think that uh, if, you, if you look at him and where he's going in the third round, that's way too early for me. So I'm not going to get him in any of my leagues. Maybe if, you know, and I, I haven't been in a league where he drops below the third round. So I, think, I view him as more as a fourth or fifth round guy. And as we alluded to earlier, I'm taking wide receivers more often in that bracket anyhow. Uh, have you noticed anything happening to like Jonathan Taylor or the Colts wide receivers after the Carson Wentz injury? Yeah, Taylor uh, was like going as early as fifth overall. Now you can get him in like early, middle, second round. Uh, the receivers were all kind of light to begin with. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think with him, uh, you know, with Pittman, he's the guy I wanted to be on a little bit. I have my doubts about Wentz. I don't even think he's all that great. Uh, last one for you. If we look at the New Orleans Saints, Michael Thomas being out, uh, who are you drafting on that team besides Alvin Kamara? I, I want no part of Michael Thomas. Uh, he's not getting drafted far enough down to my liking. Um, it, it's bad enough, but just for the injury. You know, I don't care about the whole ghosting thing and sweet. I don't care about that so much. But I do care about uh, you know whether he's going to be the same guy. And I, I'm, I'm really concerned. Whether or not that ankle is going to allow him to be the same player, and then anyway, you don't know if it's going to be it's going to be James at QB. I think it's a mess, and he's going around wide receiver twenty-five to thirty, and that means that's a still at the starting wide receiver in your lineup. You play in leagues with three wide receivers and a flex. You know, I, I I just don't want him there, and so I haven't ended up with him once yet in like ten to twelve leagues so far. Uh, have you seen Tim Tebow drafted in any league yet? Did we lose you, Jeff? I think that was the best question in the world to lose him on because now everyone's like waiting by the uh, on their their on their cars, like slowing down, saying, "What did he say? What did he say? Should I take him? Should I take Debo?" All right, Jeff. I don't know if you can hear us, but we appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff, Jeff Erickson appreciate from Roto Wire. Hit him straight, baby. Hit him straight. Course. Yeah, get out of the bunker there. Oh, it's it's fading. Hold on, don't tee off. Has anyone drafted Tebow? Oh, it's going to be a mystery. All right. He's gone. Jeff Erickson from yeah, Roto-Wire. I did want that let him answer, though. Surely Someone's draft. He's getting drafted. Someone's I mean, so, like you said, Urban Meyer and the depth chart there, I don't know yeah. if we should believe it because Trevor Lawrence hasn't been named the starter. <laughs> Carlos Hyde is a part of a three-back committee with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. But Tebow is like he's on the depth chart as, I think, the fourth tight end. And he, they, yes. they, they got the oars. He's the either oars. Yeah, he's the oars. The oars yeah. He's out. not even number four alone. He's yeah. oars. So I don't know if we should believe the Urban Meyer depth chart, but if you do, Tim Tebow's not even making the roster. No, I read yesterday, we probably read the same thing. At best, that tells you if he stays there, a practice squad. Like at best. Like if you're at the yes. fourth, you could. They could keep you on the practice squad. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. He's on, he's on the oars. He might be seven. Yeah, Would he be by far the oldest practice squad player in the league? Because practice squad are like these usually young guys, right? Like young guys who, you know, aren't, right, aren't quite ready, but they're, you know, close. Hasn't he played too many games to be eligible for the practice squad? Or is that no longer a thing? Because I thought you... I don't think that's a thing. This sounds stupid, but it would have to do with his position? Maybe. He also didn't play that many games, Jared. Like, the Tim Tebow era was very brief. 
I don't know if position has anything to do with it, but he could say I've never played a tight I played in a tight New end. New position. Role. Reset yeah. the clock that might not exist. Coming up next. Hey, our sharp's still winning, Ed. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Steven is back. He got to 15 in a row. Ed, you'll like this. He picked uh, the Penrith Panthers who play rugby. That was his pick to get to 15. They won yesterday. Congratulations, Steven. Uh, Happy for you, buddy. So 15 is the number Jared gave you to get to to win all three of the prizes, the Antonio Brown jersey, the Raider Rusher socks, and a press box t-shirt. So you have won those. We might try to find a way to do something cool with those prizes and you. But here's my here's my question for you and, and the future, Steven. Do you want to keep going and see how long your streak can go, or or do you want to hang it up and retire at 15? I think I'd like to give my acceptance speech and hang it up. Okay. Oh. That's, that's well, perfectly fine. I was going to say, it's a great decision because you're out of your mind if you think we're getting you more prizes. So because we have, <laughs> we're, on, we're begging, we're begging for on. sponsors for segments on this show. So God love you, but you're only getting this. Hold on. I every once in a while am overserved, and I do make I, do, I I like you like to click. Uh, yes, okay. I might be a drunken Amazon click from one of us, but uh, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Good yeah, for you. Fifteen in a row. Impressive. Finally, somebody was able to pick a massive favorite yeah. every day. And get win all the prizes yes. and get even beyond that and to fifteen. Was actually smart enough that when they picked favorites with the pitchers, they went only this guy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So all right. So Steven's gonna hang it up. So on Monday we'll come back with a new sharp and we'll figure out what the hell we're doing on Monday. <laughs> we've given away the only prizes we've ever had. <laughs> Steven took all of them. Yes. Yeah, so we'll figure <laughs> that out on Monday. Do but... I get to give my sports acceptance speech though? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do yeah, yeah, sure. you have three minutes? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I have one for three minutes. That's though, fine. But I That's think fine. with all sports, first thing I got to do is thank God because we know with all sports victories, God loves winners <laughs> and he hates sports losers. So without this, it couldn't have been possible without God. I got to thank my mother because I wouldn't be here without her. And of course, Ed Graney, you, you know, what can I say that hasn't been said about you already? Well, hold on. We've Go got Dodgers. the seven second delay. So be very careful there about what you're about to say. So no, but thank you. <laughs> I think just like me, Cody Bellinger is going to go on a 15-game win streak, and we're oh, going to win this all the way. God. We're going to put a repeat. That would be um, awesome. Jared, you, you've been great calling me every day. You didn't get the phone number wrong, so God bless you as well. <laughs> and Tyler, you know, you've been fantastic putting this absurd contest together, which, you know, no one else could figure out how to pick these massive favorites. You left it in my hands. I guess I just wanted it more. You know, everyone else out there put a good effort. You know, they, they everyone came out hard. I came out harder. Um, so thank you for that. And all those ESPN 1100 and FM, what is it, 100.9 radio listeners, thanks for all the support. I couldn't have done it without you. Thanks for getting me up each morning and answering that phone call. So thank you all out there. Oh, that's a great job. Right, yeah, Very good. Thank I, you, buddy. I do uh, want to correct one thing job. because right before Jared called you, he could not find your number. No, we no, had no, no idea what your number so was. Fairly, yeah. So we almost missed calling you this morning. I think morning. your name was John on the rundown, but uh, no, we, he's like, we're on top of things. Well, that was an excellent yeah, uh, yeah. acceptance awesome. speech, Stephen. We'll uh, get in touch with you to figure out exactly uh, what to do with these yeah. prizes. So thank you, Stephen. Congrats, Stephen. It was, it was a good run. It was fun. Great run, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good Take weekend. Care. Thanks. 
is there any chance we can start the next sharp with you have to win so many to be gifted a fake horse? We are not giving away a fake a horse. A hundred. Like your nag, like your ho- your worst horse no, in the barn. Absolutely not. No, because he really? knows he can sell for like breeding purposes, I think. If yeah. I, Even if, the worst one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've never sold a horse for less than like 150 bucks. What so. about like your worst chicken? They haven't even, chickens haven't even done anything I yet. Will say, I will say, you could do I a found chicken. some chickens for $8. Yeah, you could do a That's chicken because you don't know There's what these no chickens chicken are going to do yet. There are no chickens for $8. Jared's a liar. Um, <laughs> I swear to God. That was probably a con. Somebody, here's what, here's one thing people will do is they will, the website is open, see where you can buy nfts people will post like a screenshot of somebody else's horse and try to get somebody to buy the screenshot of the horse and then they run away with their money it's a scam it's a scam how wouldn't you know it's a screenshot because it's an nft it it doesn't actually exist so like when you buy an nft i mean if you know anything about this this company wouldn't you know right away it's like that's a that's fake Yes, conceivably, you could figure it out if you paid enough attention. But yeah, if you're not paying enough attention and you just, I mean, when you buy a horse, you just see a picture of it and then details about it. And like, you could look through the details and figure, oh, this is actually real. There'll be some that's like, oh, it's not real. Why am I not surprised there are horrible, terrible, creepy people in this weird business trying to screw people? Oh, somebody. I mean, (laughs) why am I not surprised at that? I can't remember exactly what their issue is, but somebody was complaining that they spent a bunch of money on a horse and got ripped off and couldn't buy it and there was a GoFundMe set up and the guy got the money from the GoFundMe and then was never heard of from again. People actually gave him money because they felt sorry for him? Right, because he had some story about how he got ripped off trying to buy a horse. So then he ripped their money, money off and left. Yeah, oh, wow. I was inspired by this person. Yeah, people I was like, are, we just wonderful people in this society. <laughs>